and we are live. Wow, have you been working on that one? I've been practicing, yes. It was very, very tonal. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I gotta, I gotta work my way up to my, um, what's his name, Greg Hamilton voice. Yes, yes. And we are live. I wonder yeah. if he had a lot of pressure knowing that he was going to have to hit the... Because it's one thing to just continually do your regular announcing duties. But when you're, the spotlight is put on you and you're being put on the... On the like, this is your livelihood here. I mean, a lot of pressure on this guy. I would say a very underrated uh, skill. I was announcing. Welcome, everybody, to the Cafe Hangout. I'm John Pollock, along with Wei Ting. And it was funny because when we were in the media box for WrestleMania... Uh, you and I ended up uh, striking up quite the conversation with Keith Elliott Greenberg that, mm. I mean, he wrote the, the Superstar Billy Graham book, the Freddie Blassie book, did a lot of work back in the day with WWF Magazine, and we were chatting with him, and he remarked to me, he said, you know, this guy Greg Hamilton is really good. So this, I think that this was, uh, you know, maybe years from now, people are going to look back at this WrestleMania as star-making weekends for Kofi Kingston and Greg Hamilton. The real star is coming out of WrestleMania weekend. I, I suppose so. I think the skill in in doing like a segment like he did on Thursday was like trying to find some variation of your typical ring announcement. Yeah, he had to build up to the last one. That, that sounded different because, you know, I think a good ring announcement is not necessarily one that you notice, much like, you know, commentating and, and, and many other backstage behind-the-scenes roles. But... But he had to really make something special for thir- Tuesday. You know, the WWE Network, they just put up this Tom McGee match with Ted DiBiase into their hidden gem section. Yeah. And it was, they never aired this match. It was from a wrestling challenge taping in 1988. You want to hear the polar opposite of Greg Hamilton? Check out the ring announcing in this one. Oh, yeah. Okay. This woman was so nervous. It was not, uh, not stellar. Okay, I will. I will check that out. So everybody, welcome back to the show. We are back into the swing of things here at the post office. Uh, we're going to be joined momentarily by our big guest of the day, but also we will be dedicating some time to your calls later on in the show. You can dial in 732-800-4423. That's later on in the show. Plus, we will be taking Skype calls. You can search for post wrestling and just dial in. But without further ado, we are coming off of WrestleMania week. We can't even encapsulate it into WrestleMania weekend anymore. And one of the people who was at the forefront when it came to WrestleMania coverage through his work on the Grapple Spot. Spotlight podcast. Uh, he was also doing reports up at postwrestling.com. First time you and I have had a chance to speak with the man, Richard Benson, aka Benno, from the British Wrestling Experience, joining us on a Thursday night from the UK. Benno, how are you? I'm doing very well, guys. Uh, just about recovered from the, the long weekend, back into the swing of things. Uh, yeah, feeling good. Glad to be here. I felt that uh, four days removed from WrestleMania would be okay to ask you to come on, and hopefully that you're, <laughs> you're back to your at least uh, a semblance of sanity after. What was the grand total number of shows that you took in from last Wednesday through uh, the end of WrestleMania week? I'm so scared to even check the exact number, to be honest. I think it was probably... At least four or five per day, and then I'd wow. be catching up with the VOD morning after. Uh, a couple of shows, tried to be clever and just pick out, you know, the the match that was uh, most hyped. But I really did do my best to watch everything. But there's still reviewers out there, the likes of uh, Arm Furious of uh, Rear Review Reviews and Ian, Ian Hamilton of BackBodyDrop.com. They were still reviewing shows today. They're still catching up with the odds and ends of uh, shows from WrestleMania week. If that doesn't tell you how stacked it was. I don't know what else would. 
it's a major grind to go through all of these shows, even trying mm. to to stay on top of it. Uh, as we were there, like very, very difficult that you just have to pick and choose. But you also have the handicap of the, the major time zone difference. So everything mm. is tacking on five hours from the Eastern time zone. How how difficult is that? Or is it something that it's just second nature to you that this is when wrestling is going to be taking place in the middle of the night into the early mornings of the hour? Yeah, it's kind of become normal a little bit. I'm a, a little bit like a way in that I don't keep particular regular hours. So I'm the kind of person who's quite happy to stay up late. Uh, although even I've got my limits. I remember there was a point last year uh, when uh, Joey Janela and uh, Great Sasuke were still in the ring at 9.30 a.m. our time. Oh, God. And my girlfriend got out of bed after a full night's sleep and just looked at me like, what are you doing <laughs> with your life? Uh, but yeah, there was, it, it's definitely a, it's definitely a challenge, but you, what makes it harder is you see, I mean, every now and then you'll see an American on Twitter or even a Canadian going, Oh, these shows are going so late. I can't believe it's past midnight and me and the rest of the Europeans are all few minutes. Later going, <laughs> you don't, you don't even know the half of it, but hey, we get our, we get our revenge when it comes to uh, the big new Japan shows. How long have you been doing this, Benno, and, and why did you start doing it? I'm an idiot, mainly. Um, <laughs> it's, I think the, the big, I think maybe three, four years ago when uh, Evolve had a lot of cards over the, the Mania weekend, because uh, at one point it was just really Evolve and Ring of Honor that were running with WrestleMania, so that was kind of the first big weekend I did staying up all night, but as far as staying up all night for wrestling, full stop. Yeah, it's a for Brits, it's a it's a regular occurrence. Uh, the last Sunday of every month, pretty much. And yeah, the only only time we get any reprieve is when there's a a new Japan show that's on at say seven in the morning our time, which is great. Uh, ah. We can get out for that. But uh, yeah, it's definitely something we're all uh, hard in training for throughout the year. I think it's really amazing, Benno, just that you know we can remember not all that long ago. Like we're going back like six, seven years when. You know, you'd hear about these lineups that Ring of Honor were putting on or the Dragon Gate USA would have shows. And there was really, you know, iPay-per-views were still very primitive. And going back, like, could you have imagined uh, 2006? In fact, all three of us were at the the infamous yeah. uh, Ring of Honor six-man uh, involving the Dragon Gate guys. But right? wow. yeah, we were, I, I only found that. out about this a few weeks ago. Benno, yeah. you, were, you were there that night. So we unofficially were under one roof back in 2006. <laughs> That's it, yeah. Uh, it was kind of, at that time, it, it was a completely different world, wasn't it? Just really Ring of Honor running across the weekends. Uh, but yeah, I came over. I remember being uh, third row as uh, the fans launched chairs at Colt Cabana and Homicide and, and ducking for my life. That was my main uh, memory of that weekend. But Still my scariest was... live event moment was that, because I saw a dude get cracked in the back of the head with a chair. Uh, as oh, we, were, we were on the floor watching, and I was just, oh, God. <laughs> thought the guy was going to drop, and he just, you know, continued watching this wrestling show. Oh, yeah, the, the aim of the fans were, wasn't the best that night. But, but just the yeah, idea I, that, like, to be able to see that that weekend, hmm. you'd have to be there. And now it's the complete opposite that you just have to c cut down, like, what are the priorities for you? Because there's no way anybody is watching. You know, we had we had upwards of 55, 60 events going on in, in New York and New Jersey over the course of five days. Hmm. That's it. And I can, I think I spoke to Way a little bit on Twitter and we, like Way was saying how tough it is, you know, being out there, going back and forth to, to different shows, listening to you guys and your podcast, talking about it, where there's definitely something to be said for the likes of me being able to just sit at home and, and click play and watch whatever show we like. Um, it's definitely a different world in that regard and that you can, you can just do that and you, you can experience the, the weekend and experience as, as many shows as you like, just as long as you've, uh, you've got the fight credit sitting there. 
I found it especially tough this year, Benno, especially with the White Eagle Hall, just because it's such a packed space that if you don't get there early enough, you you might not get a very good view. Whereas mm. being at home, uh, like you said, with a beer, maybe in your pajamas, Benno, uh, <laughs> have, having a perfect view every single time. Um, maybe That's let's that. just start off, you know, uh, talk about maybe some of your highlights from mm. the weekend. Yeah, I think all in all, I mean, I think the, the big highlight came from GCW. I think they, over the last few years, uh, WrestleMania weekends have kind of become their showcase. Bloodsport, the two Joey Janela shows, the collective in general. I think yeah. uh, I think GCW were the real winner. I think we could all see it going in. They were the shows that, that had the hype, uh, and then it kind of came to, to fruition, really. I think, again, you know, early on, it was mainly, you know, Gabe Sapolsky shows, Evolve, uh, that piggybacked on WrestleMania, and Ring of Honor, you know, further going further back. But this year, it felt like most of the conversation was generated around those GCW shows, and there were lots of imitators this year. You know, Joey Ryan's penis party trying to do a, a knockoff of uh, Janela shows to varying degrees of success. But I would say absolutely, again, yeah, GCW, just with the the variety show that they put on. Uh, there's just something to be said for offering a, a very different product and offering something that you can't, even if people will imitate, uh, see anywhere else. Yeah, of, of the GCW of the uh, series of shows, I think everyone anticipated, you know, Joey Janela's Spring Break was going to be the big party shows of the weekend. And I think they, mm. they very much delivered in that sense. Bloodsport to me greatly improved upon the first year's show. I mean, being in there, like it feels like they have really hit a home run concept with Bloodsport. And of course we had the issue with, with Nova pro pulling out and then they kind of went to the well with this interesting orange Cassidy show. And mm. on top of it, you had like a really serious match in Otani and Jonathan Gresham. And then the rest it was really going to the absolute extreme with what kinds of uh, ideas we can come up with. Uh, neither way or I got to see the Orange Cassidy show. So uh, how did this come across in execution? Was this a winner or was this one where it kind of was going to the well one too many times for GCW? I expected that. I expected very much the latter. I thought this is a show I'm not really looking forward to watching. After watching God knows how many shows, this was one I was trying to watch on VOD morning after. And it was actually tough motivate myself thinking, uh, I mean, I love Orange Cassidy, but I don't think I've ever seen any man wrestle more in one weekend than Orange Cassidy. I know there were wrestlers like LAX on more shows, but I felt like I saw him do his hands in the pockets routine, like six shows in a row at that point. So I was struggling to motivate myself. And then I put it on. And again, it was a blast to watch. I don't know what it is. I think GCW, I think they get what is wanted at WrestleMania weekend. They know fans don't want, especially if you're sitting at home, you don't want a four hour show with a half an hour intermission, like yep. what uh, WrestleCon did and quite a few of their shows at that end did. I think they, they, they get the formula. It was two and a half hours. It was a breeze to watch. Lots of comedy. I mean, I'm not going to you know go out my way to say, oh, these are all match of the year candidates. You mentioned uh, Gresham and Otani. That was the closest thing to a, well, it was you know a serious match, a good technical match on the show, but it wasn't that kind of show. I mean, there was a best seven out of 13 falls match on the show <laughs> and a one minute time limit match as well. I mean, if you if you stuck to ta four time, I would recommend people check that out. It was uh, Chuck Taylor and uh, and Trent Beretta uh, going one minute, and I think we all thought going in they were going to go with a minute of roll ups, which is pretty much what the seven out of thirteen falls match did. But instead, they kind of just stood off, threatened to lock up, didn't lock up, grabbed the ropes, threatened to lock up again, and then the minute was up, uh, and then we got a an extra five uh, seconds of time where we got a roll up finish. And you know what? That sounds absolutely ridiculous just describing it, but it really worked. And I think you need 
kind of that lighter touch, I think, on these shows if you're going to stand out from the noise. It's so interesting that, you know, um, like coming out of the weekend and even going into the weekend, I feel like it shows like that one and like Janela that like a lot of us were talking about and buzzing about and wanting to see. But I also think about like, hey, if a, if a match like that was promoted in my town this week, would I go and watch it? I'm really mm. not sure. So I think it like kind of takes this like special weekend where wrestling fans are there anyway, not necessarily to go to Orange Cassidy, you know, is doing something, but because it happens yeah. to be there these companies can take great chances to promote whatever they want. And more often than not, I'm more interested in the chance taking operation than something, let's say, mm. you know, is doing something that I'd be seeing, you know, better versions of every single week anyway. Yeah, that's it. And you could say the same for, for the, like you say, the Janela shows, like who's invisible man versus invisible Stan. Uh, if that gets advertised, you might go out to curiosity, but I think there's something about you yeah, having that captive mania weekend audience that you can do stuff like that. Or you can have a, a, to a Dustin Thomas, uh, no legs from the Janela show come out as a, as a big surprise. Uh, I mean, Mantor was on that show. I can't see him being a draw, but uh, yeah, it really works when you've got a, a crowd like that who are, who are up for some fun. It seems that, you know, the, the magic form is being able to present a show where the fans believe I'm either seeing going to see something that I have no idea what this is going to look like in execution, getting mm. to see stars that you're typically not going to get to, such as going to a Red Pro show that'll be full of your big New Japan stars and even UK talent as well. Mm. And it's, you know, it's, it's the shows that are just rank and file shows that you could pinpoint in any part of the country those are the ones that I, I i think those are the ones that kind of just fall by the wayside because there has to be that hook to separate you yeah. and every year it's going to be this this race to differentiate yourself and i think game changer seems to certainly be at the forefront of that yeah i think they're at the front and i think you know talking to rev pro i think rev pro delivered a very new japan heavy show that was a, a fun show but i think of the you know the promotions that came from abroad you like to WXW and DDT, I think they got it too. I think DDT and WXW both presented products that were unique. DDT was a full DDT show with the entire roster. WXW, they had the referee out, they had the commentators out, and it was a very WXW-looking card. So I think it's it's got to be one of the two to stand out, either, like you say, uh, something very, very different or, or something that's unique in that way that you're not, you know, if you're an American fan or you're a traveling fan, that you might not get to see at any other point in the year. Were you surprised at all at, at you know how quickly shows like uh, Stardom and, and DDT sold out and um, you know does this bode well for other promotions that could be out there that are looking at WrestleMania weekend in the future as you know ways to get themselves into a market mm -hmm. um, as successfully as as those ones have? It's tough because you you hear like I mean progress with the notable Brit Res exception this year and they'd outright said on social media we're not going because you know hotels are expensive and it's not worth our while now obviously you know access was running and whether the progress owners and progress roster would have the time to do nxt uk commitments as well as progress is is another thing but i think it's that balancing act i think i can't see you know you fly out your, your whole ddt roster you fly out the majority of you or a good chunk of your wxw roster are you going to be making a profit you know, no matter how many tickets you sell, that's a mm -hmm. that's a lot of expense. Um, you know, the the best example of it going wrong is IPW UK. Um, who flew out who aren't really a very well known British promotion anymore. They go back years. There's lots of history there. Uh, but they flew out, and I believe they drew you know 15 people. Uh, was the was the report that and, I read? And that was you with uh, with British icon James Storm on the show too. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you had that there, and uh, some IPW UK originals too. Uh, the likes of Jimmy Havoc on that show, and it didn't draw. 
uh, and you you just wonder about the bath that you know a promotion like IPWK must have taken to just to come out and say, oh well, we did the show in New York. Um, mm. So that's kind of the the cautionary tale, I would mm. say. Uh, I, I've got to say though, like beyond that show, and I'm sure there there were others like that, but. I would say, like, the majority of the shows, like, the ones we went to seemed, like, full. Um, you mm. know, WrestleCon's U.S. versus the World show, like, that's on a Saturday morning at 11 a.m. And I've got a guess mm. way. There were about 800 people or so there on a Saturday morning. It seemed that it w- there was a very healthy appetite for, for wrestling. Uh, but, mm. you know, there are going to be casualties on a weekend like this when you're talking upwards of 60 cards as well. Yeah, of course. I think that's always going to be a problem. Uh, I wanted to chat uh, a bit about uh, the ROH New Japan card from Saturday night at Madison Square Garden because uh, you had the perspective of watching this at home uh, to contrast way and I've gone over kind of the, the live experience of it. But mm. uh, as as an experiment uh, and in terms of what New Japan and conversely Ring of Honor got out of it, because I think that can be very, very distinct things because it seemed that there were two shows competing and mm. different uh different conclusions people made of where these promotions are now that the Madison Square Garden show is in the rearview mirror and it's time to what what is next in this relationship yeah i mean i was watching this live following along on twitter and you know we've all got our twitter bubble but my twitter bubble of people i'm following it was just wall to wall criticism of ring of honor and what they were presenting um, and i've got to say i'm on that side as well i mean i was up late watching it and a long show uh, is probably the toughest thing to do you know at 2 3 in the morning but yeah, I think Ring of Honor had the entire world watching the biggest show that they've ever done, might ever do, and they chose it to present, you know, Enzo Amore and that long Billy Gunn, sorry, a bit of Bully Ray um, angle and the, you know, the the women's match that didn't really go anywhere that then led to the beautiful people turning up. Uh, just lots of really bad booking. Uh, there was some good booking there, you know, what they did with having uh, Dalton Castle turn heel and uh, losing to Roosh in a few seconds. I thought that was, a, that was a wise move, but every other decision it felt like Ring of Honor made on this car was just, for me, again, at least in my bubble, just met with derision. And I think it had, like you guys said, I think it had a real effect on the cards. I think the strongest things on the car were by far, you said, there's a show of two halves, you know, the big New Japan matches, all pretty much to a, to a man delivered. Then even, you know, the matches like Zack Sabre Jr., Hiroshi Tanahashi took place in in front of a wall of what felt like both in the live crowd, people checking the phones to find out what had actually happened with Enzo and Cass and people like me at home who were distracted by the, you know, the the, the show that the actual just nonsense of, of people going back and forth trying to work out whether it was a work or a shoot. It just felt like, yeah, Ring of Honor really shot themselves in the foot um, again on the biggest stage. And even when it comes down to, you know, their big matches, Matt Taven going over in that ladder match, I mean, it doesn't really fill you with excitement, at least for me, uh, for the future of, of Ring of Honor. Um, and it does, maybe purely from a creative point of view, make you make you wonder what, uh, what New Japan think of uh, their relationship with Ring of Honor at this moment. I think it's a real identity crisis now that Ring of Honor has. And you can see this kind of competing idea of what, what we're trying to do, because I mm. think that... For, forever, you know, you could talk about what drew at, at Madison Square Garden. Like, you can debate whatever point you want. Now it's, mm. t- now it's time for that proof, because if Ring of Honor believes that it was their brand, their stars that were a major part of this, well, now you have to go out, the garden's over, and now you have to draw with mm. this roster that you've assembled. And, and I think that there's an acknowledgement that they need to uh, be bringing in other names that people are, are going to be familiar with. And I think that that's, that's, maybe on paper, that sounds like a great idea, but you know, we've seen TNA go down that route of, hey, recognizable mm. names. That's got to bring 
eyeballs, and that's not always the case. So the next six months to me are very critical for Ring of Honor because you don't want to look back six months from now and this garden show was a distant memory and you're going back to just running your, your same level and haven't gotten anything significant out of what this show was meant to be. Oh, definitely. And I think, yeah, for... But really, for it's a bad read of the room more than anything. It's a, I mean, it worries you if the people making decisions behind Ring of Honor thought that that Madison Square Garden card were going to go crazy for the beautiful people coming out, or you know, we're going to be enamored by them doing a shoot angle with Enzo Amore. It was, it was quite clear from watching, just watching the show at home, what the crowd wanted was mainly the big New Japan stars, and you saw that in the, in the Rambo before with the reaction the New Japan guys got, as opposed to the likes of of Kenny King coming out there. Um, I think it was just yeah, a bad read of the room. I think Ring of Honor fans, although you know it's a bigger promotion than it used to be, it's always been based on the in-ring matches like Will Ospreay and Jeff Cobb, which was you know half a Ring of Honor match, is what I perceive Ring of Honor fans want. Um, Ring of Honor fans want not the some of the the crazy angles that we got um, on this night. It was just yeah, uh, for me, a really bad read of the room by uh, by Ring of Honor's creative. I want to ask you, Benno, for some of your highlights from the weekend. First of all, your favorite show of the entire mm-hmm. week. It's tough because I think, being honest, I think Ring of Honor had the you know the Naito Abushi match, and I think NXT had a lot of match of the weekend contenders. But you know, we were talking about this on on my Grapple Pod Spotlight podcast. I don't really consider those shows of the weekend. I think for me, as far as overall packages go, like we said earlier, it was the blood sports of the world. It was the Joey Janela show. Um, I think WXW had a, a decent show. DDT was a really fun show as well, but yeah, I can't help but go back to uh, the GCW stuff. I think they, as far as start to finish shows, I don't think I had a, a better time watching a show than watching Joey Janela part one, even if, you know, Ring of Honor, New Japan for its faults had some better matches. And even if, you know, NXT was one of the better takeovers with, you know, you could really pick any of those matches depending on your tastes and say it was the, the match of the weekend. And I wouldn't argue with you, with you too much. Uh, but yeah, as far as actually having fun start to finish, it was the Janela shows, you know, it was watching, you know, the rock and roll express, uh, hit Canadian destroyers and getting to see NWO sting and, and all those silly things like they, if you in six months, they'll be the shows I'll be talking about rather than the individual great matches we maybe got from, from maybe, elsewhere. And maybe even, even a show you would go back and rewatch. Like I, mm. I, I, there's something to be said for sure coming out oh, yeah. of this weekend about like shows being way too long. And it's not just about mm. WrestleMania, but the G1 card suffering from that same criticism as well. Yeah. Um, now how about, how about your favorite match? Uh, I think that's tough. I mean, an individual match, maybe Ibushi Naito. Uh, I'd probably give a shout out to Bandido and Will Ospreay from WrestleCon. Uh, from the sorry, from the pure indie shows, I, I felt like that was the the strongest match we got. David Starr and Lucky Kid on on WXW was really strong. If only, I mean, I would definitely say, even if you don't get to see that match, check out the David Starr promo afterwards, where he's uh, running down Walter for running away to WWE and uh, talking about uh, the John Oliver controversy. It just no nobody blends uh, reality like David Starr does these days on the indies, so that's that's worth checking out for that. Um, but yeah, if you push me, I'd probably still go with Ibushi Naito. But it's just yeah, with so much uh, on offer as far as choice goes from the indies, I, I wouldn't argue too hard if uh, people said something else. How about the uh, the idea of putting the uh, the Walter title change or title win over Pete Dunne onto a a takeover proper uh, in front of that mm. that big audience and. Could you see NXT UK being able to sustain their own show 
WrestleMania week if there was the the time for it. Like that would maybe have to be an afternoon show and that could cater very mm-hmm. well to the UK market as well. Cause I, I feel that there, there there is demand to see that talent beyond going to access matches. Definitely. I mean, I've spoken to, I mean, Will Cooling's been very vocal about this and speaking to him and his idea has always been, well, hang on, if you're, you're running these access shows, surely with all the shows going on the weekend, if, you know, if, if random indies can, can draw a crowd, if, you know, no disrespect to them, but if a, a black craft can come in and, and draw a crowd, why a WWE not, you know, just take a, a small building somewhere and run NXT UK there, run these you know, these international shows that they're doing somewhere else and actually have a crowd with life. Cause yeah, you guys probably know, and listeners to British wrestling experience probably know that NXT UK uh, TV show week to week can be a tough watch, uh, at least in my opinion. And I think it's it's once you get through the, the theme song, I think that's, that's the, <laughs> the biggest hurdle right there. I watched oh, that show that that song is in my damn head for like 24 <laughs> hours afterwards. And it's just the worst. Oh, they really need to change that thing. Um, but yeah, it's a show that without having takeovers to aim for, I think it, it struggles a little bit. I think losing Walter and Pete Dunn to a, an NXT takeover proper makes sense to do. I understand the business reasons behind it, but it leaves the le- rest of the TV with not much to aim for. And right. if you combine that with a, a dead access crowd, you know, a crowd of people who are going to be trying to get a, you know, get a photo with a wrestler and they happen to be wandering past the show and happen to watch it. Uh, that just makes for the worst product overall. So yeah, if they, if you know, I love all the Indies running WrestleMania weekend, but yeah, if WWE were to tap into that and run some smaller venues and get some harder core fans in, I think it would definitely improve things across the board. Last thing here in terms of WrestleMania itself, do you think that the, the presentation of WrestleMania needs to change? Do you think it, it works as this, this current seven and a half hour, presentation what would you like to see uh change or is it just that this is the way that wrestlemania is going to be presented itself on the sunday i think it's wrestlemania so you can get away with a certain amount i think i personally you know i'm split i think for me personally i don't mind a big long wrestlemania um it's the biggest show of the year it makes sense to me watching at home but i think it was clear from this year's show you can't get away with it going that long even that there are limits and you know when the crowd are, are sitting on the hands for you know roman reigns v drew mcintyre or kurt angle's retirement match you know that's second half of the card really struggled and i think a lot of it was because the crowd was so quiet and the crowd were quiet because they were tired at least that's what it felt like watching at home and you know that big reaction that uh that daniel bryan and kofi kingston got i think it probably would they got it anywhere else on the show but the fact that it came what you know three and a half hours into the show that that's when your main event should be so it makes sense that it got the loudest reaction and unfortunately you know for the likes of becky lynch once you got to the, the very end of the show uh, the crowd reactions just weren't that loud anymore and i think Wrestling fans were gluttons for punishment. We're going to come back, you know. People, even the people who unfortunately were stuck in the rain after midnight, uh, trying to get themselves home. Uh, I could imagine a lot of them still going to go back. It's still WrestleMania. Do we? Do we know they can? They can push it with fans. Um, but yeah, there is a there is a limit at some point, and I would, you know, I'm one of those people who throw a vote in for you know either a, a two-day WrestleMania or for making it shorter but I just worry what I wish for because if I said oh yeah do a two do a two-day WrestleMania they're going to come back and it's going to be two six-hour shows rather than one seven-hour show so hmm. maybe we should be uh, careful what we wish for there one last thing Benno uh, just wanted to get your uh, uh, vote for best performer of the weekend that's a tough one um all in all I mean 
in ring, Will Ospreay had a couple, you know, of my favourite matches um, as far as a weekend goes. Um, I would probably say, I mean, LAX were the marathon men. They were on pretty much every show that I that I saw it felt like. Um, so yeah, I'd probably say one of those two acts. Um, I think in general, you know, as far as people standing out, it was the likes of, you know, Jungle Boy um, on the, on the Janela show. I think he really stood out as sort of as a young guy who, who's not been seen by a lot of crowds before. So I think that's important. Um, but yeah, I prob- probably just about go with Will Ospreay, even if there were wrestlers out there that, uh, that featured a lot more times over the weekend. Uh, well, Benno, uh, your coverage was awesome uh, throughout all of uh, WrestleMania week, uh, including on our site. I mean, it was a, it was a great help to us that you could uh, share your thoughts, getting to see uh, so much. And uh, please let the listeners know where they can hear you uh, uh, in on multiple uh, sites out there. You are a man in high demand. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah, you can listen to the British Wrestling Experience uh, every other Wednesday right here on postwrestling.com. Uh, you can also listen to my Grapple Spotlight show, uh, which is every Monday, uh, grapple.podbean.com, where we tackle the world of wrestling in maybe longer form than people might be used to hearing me on post. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it, really. Just want to just also say thanks, guys, for having me on. Been a fan of you guys since the beginning. So very proud to be part of this website. And it was a real honor coming on. Hey, it's our pleasure, Benno. Thanks so much for coming on, and we'll uh, definitely do this again sometime soon. Awesome. Thanks, guys. All Thanks, right. Benno. Thanks a lot, Benno. Now Benno can get some sleep after WrestleMania. Hopefully. Week. What time is it over there? Oh, it's not oh, it's, uh, nice. It's, uh, th- this yeah, is, it this show is very much tuned to the UK crowd out there, which sure. we have quite a lot of listeners in. Yeah. So what's going on? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to catch up on, on some rest, to be honest with you. I kind of find my body like... You know, still pretty sluggish and all over the place. I, I unfortunately like I missed the lunch meeting yesterday, uh, just because my schedule was just completely messed up. And the guys just like, "Hey, man, are you? Uh, I, I've been waiting here for like half an hour. Are you okay?" That's the worst. Oh, that's that's really the bad. worst. Yeah. That is the worst. Um, so um, I'm I would say I'm I'm still trying to mentally get back into the swing of things. How about you? I'm actually pretty good. I I think that. Uh... Having a one-year-old is great training for these, oh, yeah. these erratic uh, sleeping it's like a, schedules. It's a great alarm that sets itself, does isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, you never know when the alarm is going to go off. It's <laughs> the best. It may go off multiple times yeah. uh, throughout the evening. So yeah, you you're just always prepared. Uh, just getting back to like WrestleMania weekend. Do you, do you have any intentions of, of watching any of the uh, other matches that that took place that we didn't get to see? Yeah, we discussed it. I think next week on the double shot, we're going to cover Spring Break. I think we're going to split them up. I'm going to watch the second night. You're going to watch the first night. Uh, the the match I really want to track down and watch is Will Ospreay and Bandito because I heard nothing but tremendous praise for that match as one of the best of the entire weekend. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's the one I certainly want to check out. And uh, maybe this is ambitious, but I want to try and rewatch some of the TakeOver show because I, I would like to go back and, and watch that with, yeah. with commentary and just watch it uh, from that perspective as well. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I, I think we, we've had a big discussion about the live experience versus, you know, uh, watching on TV. And, and that was something I was trying to really, like, think about this weekend, not, not just with TakeOver, but with, like, the G1 show and WrestleMania, just sitting around like a various types of people like in the case of wrestlemania having multiple viewpoints from various parts of the arena and just to see like how that might have affected my experience um and it does certainly but you know good wrestling shines through no matter what so yeah i, I intend on watching a lot of the gcw shows that uh, benno was was recommending actually the first half of Bloodsport i haven't even watched yet so i want to catch that uh orange cassidy show which uh people in our chat room uh eric says was his favorite match all weekend um 
I will go back and, and check out as well. Yeah, I mean the the show did sell out, and it seemed that, uh, yeah, the con- the concept. I got I, I I heard mixed reports on Orange Cassidy. So definitely, I but think it was are... one of those shows that was going to have um, extreme opinions both in both directions. Those are the most interesting shows I find, including as well as uh, DDT coming to America. Yeah, yeah, that sounded like a really fun show. Mm-hmm. Um, Braden went to that show, seemed like he had a great time. Uh, so let's go through some news because there, there was quite a bit of it today. I guess the big one involves Road Dog, uh, Brian James, who is no longer one of the co-head writers on SmackDown. And the story uh, came out on uh, Wednesday night. Uh, Dave Meltzer reported this. Mike Johnson also uh, reporting on this news. And Ryan Satin has an update uh, confirming that James is still with the company. And in his report, uh, making it more of a mutual decision that he's going to be placed into a yet to be disclosed role. It could end up being the role that Arn Anderson had. Um, so it seems like he's staying with the company, but no longer uh, the head writer. So you're getting kind of a variety of, you know, kind of uh, reasons. Was this a contentious one? Was this not? But I mean, that, that position, it is a real pressure cooker. And there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of big personalities now in in that writer's room. And I think that certainly that's it's a very, very pressure-filled job that ultimately comes down to someone in Vince McMahon that can make snap decisions. Um, not to say that that's 100% the case here, but like that's the situation. And it's amazing when people last as long as they do, like an Ed Kosky, for instance, who's been there since 2001. I can't see anybody wanting that job as head writer of either of these brands under a WWE banner. It just, uh, it seems, you know, like when you do things well, you don't necessarily get that much praise, but when you don't do things well, you can tend to get a, a, probably way too much criticism than you deserve. And um, I mean, you know, like I can honestly say, watching back the last year of SmackDown, it's been a consistently good show, I would say. I think, not- I think most weeks, it's very rare you have a SmackDown that you come out of it just like shaking your head or not. Like it's, it's got a certain, and it, and it's pretty much like, like it's a lot of the same writers like right. on the shows, but clearly you do get a different execution on Tuesday versus Monday. And a, a big deal is having that one less hour. I think that's a big, I think Raw, two hours of Raw, I think would be a pretty good show most weeks. Maybe, maybe. But whether it's that or whether it's like this current actual roster uh something made smackdown far better than raw this year and i mean you just look at like you know what leading into wrestlemania it was raw a smackdown storylines or a smackdown characters between becky lynch and kofi kingston that to me were were like re- the real standouts of wwe this year so i i mean you know by all accounts he seemed to do a good job so you know i'm sh- i'm sh- perhaps leaving this position has has to do with uh factors beyond maybe performance uh Robert Evans uh, turned out to be the writer that was attached to that story that Sean Waltman shared about Vince's name being mentioned during the the Bret Hart induction speak speech. Uh, this is the former independent wrestler R.D. Evans, mm-hmm. who you'll remember from Ring of Honor and uh, other independents. Now he has since come out stating that he quit uh, and was not fired. So. Uh, well, it might have been one of those like you can't fire me, I quit situations. That's uh, you know I I was asking around and that's kind of what it was kind of described to me as being, but I'm still trying to get all the facts of that that particular story. But in, in any event, he's done with the company. So I didn't even know he was with the company. He had been there since about 2016. Wow. Yeah. So he cool. had been there. Uh, that, that's a pretty long time for uh, the lifespan of a WWE writer. So that's the latest there. Um, what else do we have here? Um, 
NWA, I want to mention this. They are presenting their Crockett Cup Tag Tournament on April the 27th. And I want to read the brackets to you, Way, for sure. this tag tournament. Um, first of all, it's going to feature Nick Aldis and Marty Skrull for the NWA title. Jazz against Allison Kay, the former Sienna, for the women's title. And Willie Mack versus Colt Cabana for the national title. And then they're going to do their one-night Crockett Cup Tournament. So you've got... Crimson and Jack Stain against the winners of a wild card battle royal they'll do that night. Flip Gordon and Bandito representing Ring of Honor against CMLL's Stuka Jr. and Guerrero Maya Jr. From New Japan, Yuji Nagata and Satoshi Kojima against PCO and Brody King. Meaning we will see cool. Yuji Nagata and PCO in a ring together. That'll be fun. And then the Briscoe Brothers versus the Rock and Roll Express. That'll be fun too. Look at the Rock and Roll Express. I'll be honest. When they announced this Crockett Cup tag tournament... I was expecting, like, yeah, you'll get some ROH flavor. It's going to be a lot of, like, undiscovered local tag teams in the U.S. I I'm pretty, I think this looks like a really fun tournament. I really like the variety. Like, Yuji names. Nagata and Ricky Morton are in the same tournament and could end up uh, in a match together, yeah. potentially. Yeah, I think a bunch of solid names. And I, I think even throwing somebody like the Rock and Roll Express in there kind of, I would say, kind of plays towards some of the... Perhaps the creativity and maybe chance taking, risk taking, uh, you know, flavor of, of some of these uh, WrestleMania weekend shows. Yeah, so I, I think that that's a that's kind of a, a cool little lineup that they have going as well. Uh, what else do we have here? We we have a call actually. Oh, we, we do. We want to go to yeah one, to one. Hello, Jake. How you doing? Doing great, man. Uh, uh, John, uh, John Way, uh, thanks for the great uh, content uh, over the weekend. Hope you guys had a great trip uh, this past weekend. Thank you. Yeah, it was great. How did you enjoy yeah. it? Man, uh, I, I, I got to say, I watched a lot of events on, on Fight TV, and it really is the Netflix of wrestling. I mean, Bloodsport was great. Uh, RevPro was great, obviously, WrestleCon. So, man, a, a lot of content uh, over the past weekend, even, at, even watching at home. Any, any streaming issues or any technical issues that you might have ran, ran into? Uh, not necessarily on on Fight TV. Uh, it was fine on that, but uh, there were some buffering issues uh, during the G1 uh, for for New Japan World uh, for for a little bit uh, for for a couple instances. But uh, overall, it was a great turnout and uh, great production values uh, over the uh, for those events as well. It's, I think Fight is in a very good spot because as much as all like all of these companies can still go ahead with their streaming deals, and this is just an added avenue to make money off of because you're not going to see any of these companies try and go to traditional pay-per-view that this is almost uh you know for people that aren't willing to get the streaming service it's at least an option and for a weekend like Mm -hmm. this uh it's it might be worth it for people to there's still people that i feel want to buy an individual show versus signing up for a subscription service even though there's a big cost savings with the service it's it's so interesting how like you know in the past streaming seemed to be an option for people who couldn't get onto pay-per-view with pay-per-view being the ultimate goal now pay-per-view basically doesn't exist and even the people who used to do pay-per-view are going towards streaming jake did you get what like the bundle package that fight offered because that was a pretty good deal you could spend something like 125 bucks and it included like a huge show like a huge series of shows i did uh i had the russell the, the russell con bundle is also the um the also the gcw bundle which is a, a really good deal um if you consider it um yeah all the events uh, turned out to be great it was well worth uh, the money but uh, now as of right now just saving my money as of right now but uh, yeah it was well worth it cool uh any uh any pick for uh for match of the the weekend that stands out for you or show of the weekend um johnny gargano versus adam cole uh, mm-hmm. from a match of the weekend as and, and that nxt takeover card was just it was just spectacular if if, if you would uh, if you would ask me to rank um 
rank uh, the top three, if you don't, uh, the top three, I would say TakeOver and then G1 and uh, obviously WrestleMania, uh, even though it was too long. But those would be my top my uh, top three rankings there. Cool. Well, thanks a lot for the call, Jake. And uh, hopefully you, yeah, enjoyed all of the all of the many, many shows that came out over the past week. I appreciate it, guys. Have cool. a great week. Thanks, Thanks Jake. Jake. You too. Uh, SmackDown on Tuesday night, it did 2,199,000 viewers coming off of WrestleMania. So this was a 26% drop from last year's it falls SmackDown. In line with- it falls in line with Raw. Raw had the basketball game. SmackDown did not have you know any significant competition. So I, I think that those are really serious numbers to mm. consider and look at that this amount of drop year over year for the company um smackdown i would say would maybe even be more alarming because you don't even have any built-in excuse ahead of uh the the shake-up next week i I wonder how how much you know i mean i'm sure trends like this would have already played a part in it into it but you know next tomorrow next week shake-up you're going to see a lot of the pieces fall in place for you know the the fox move to come later on in september so um what could they do i'm I'm kind of skeptical of how big the audience is going to be next year and next week for these two shows. Like, I think they'll be up, maybe even up from this past week. But I just, I don't know how invested people are in, like, there, there's just, there's no significance of going from one brand to the other. I think they've really trivialized it that now when you're going to this card and playing it, that I don't know how much people are invested in. It, there's very few performers that I think it'll be, oh, wow, that guy's going to Raw? Like, it's, AJ Styles, like it's very, you've seen so much crossover that I don't know if it's going to have the impact like last year's shows did where they were big numbers that the company did. And ultimately that I think we'll get a good sense of what SmackDown is going to look like. But as we've seen in the, in the last few months, I don't think there's anything stopping them from as they get closer to Fox that they'll throw a ton of the raw guys onto that Fox show to build it up if they feel that pressure, which I imagine they will. Yeah, it's that. I mean, I think next week you might start to see some uh, returns, like in the form of people like a Bray Wyatt. Um, I wonder if those vignettes think. will run for a little bit. Maybe. Who yeah. was it that? Uh, oh man, it was someone in the U.S. Uh, it was David Bixen's band, and it, it was the vignette, and he he wrote, "Ed the Sock is coming to Raw," and I was just amazed that Ed the Sock is a reference that crosses the Canadian border into the U.S. He looked like oh, he's a sock puppet. Yeah, right. So I, I would see most Americans. I would assume would just go to like comic the insult comic dog, but Ed it, the Sock, the originator. No one right. tops Ed the Sock. Right. Yeah. Um, Ed the Sock, I think, would be an awesome wrestling manager. I think he. I think he. He's brilliant. Now the trick is to walk him out to the ring how would you do that um i think there's some beef there probably between um ed the sock and comic or what triumph triumph Triumph. what was i calling him yeah comic the insult comic dog triumph oh dude he he absolutely believes that that they ripped them off because he he was supposed to go on Conan O'Brien's show, and then they ended up not booking him and a while later they introduced this triumph that's the match I want. So that's that's the all-time... Yeah, where would it take place, though? It would have to be... Under a table. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know how we how we got off on, on that tangent. But um, what else do you expect for, for next week? Um, I think maybe some NXT call-ups, like one or two. I think you will start to see if they still have any intentions of pushing people like Nikki Cross, like, you know, uh, God, EC3. And Drake uh, Maverick together. 
perhaps i think you will start to see some fresh starts finally for for some of those people um you know wrestlemania has been a real holding pattern for many people on the roster uh certainly ricochet and black i i'm curious to see if they keep them as a team or if they decide to split them up it's a chance to split them yeah if you, yeah. If you want them to go their separate ways which it wouldn't be the worst idea they've they've done a good job of establishing them you know like black both of them but to me especially right now alistair black could be in a main event position tomorrow. Uh, I'll definitely say so. Yeah, especially in terms of in-ring. I feel like they haven't necessarily given them much time to speak. You no. know, and, and maybe Like that's... a heel black with Seth Rollins? I think it would be a fantastic program to build to. Yeah, I mean, he wouldn't be a heel right now with the way he wrestles. But, you know, I, I you can easily make that transition. But more more so than that, I want to I want to hear promos from these guys. I want to hear them, their actual characters and, and have them involved in storylines. In story and you'll probably start to see that next week. Um, I won't go into spoilers from NXT because I know how people get, but we, we can talk about the fact Kushida uh, debuted and he'll be on yeah. TV in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Came out as Kushida. Yeah. I wanted to have that moment, John, where I didn't know who was coming out. Oh, they, they told me he's coming to NXT and now he's on NXT. Oh my God. I uh, did a match with Cassius Ono. So not probably like an excellent opponent to start off with. It seems like Cash is, I mean, he is the gatekeeper That's, of NXT. That is his role. And you can always count on that. Like, I think he'll always perhaps have a job because of that reason. I, I don't think you that know? guy will. I think he'll have an agent's job as soon as he wants it. Yeah. I think he could be a fantastic, I know he is a fantastic commentator. I've heard him many times in the past. I think that he is, you know, a multiple, I, I just think that guy has so much value yeah. um, that sometimes is not realized. Absolutely. But for guys that are coming in, what a great person to be paired with. How about this? You know, the fact that he is facing Cassius Ono suggests he's going to be a lot more than just a cruiserweight. I mean, the fact that he's on NXT alone is enough yep. of that. But, I mean, it tells me they have serious plans for, for this guy to be in the main event scene as a heavyweight. Yeah. Maybe uh, could have, he should have been endorsed by Bret Hart and being given the glasses for the, the Back to the Future entrance. Right, yeah. That could have yeah. been his... Uh, I mean, he's got the Canadian heritage with the the tim hortons connection didn't he train out there he trained but like in, in calgary or something? not in calgary oh, but windsor, in windsor, windsor with alex shelley right. so that and then he had the tim hortons gimmick that he would uh he would wear the t-shirt and be an honorary canadian so there's this yeah. backstory to all yeah. of this sure i was wondering if he'd regain his first name unlike others who lose their first names because he got the exact uh treatment in new japan where he unfortunately was one too many ujiros maybe he, maybe they'll just switch it up and just go by first name instead of last That'd be weird. Yeah. Do you think that he keeps the Back to the Future thing? I guess he has. He, like, he came out with it on Wednesday. Right, so right. Uh, it seems like at least at this stage, he'll still have that character. And then he'll get called up and he'll be um, Chris. Ida. Yeah. Kush. Uh, what are you going to be doing this weekend? Are you going to take a break? Um, no, no, I have Are you a, coming over to watch UFC with me? No, no, I got, I got a ton of merch to, to pack. Oh yeah. You and I are hanging out on yeah, Saturday, right? Yeah. What's the plan? Uh, we're going to pack all of our ice cap merchandise. So, uh, all of you guys who are, uh, patrons of the ice cap tier and espresso tiers, uh, sorry about the long delay, but after WrestleMania, I can pack everything now. Uh, hopefully, uh, putting, I put a lot of work into putting these together. So hopefully you guys all enjoy them. Um, we we got our tapes, we got our pins, we've got, uh, coasters, stickers, uh, postcards that John has spent the, pretty much ha- uh, his day writing right now. So, uh, we'll be packing all of those and I'll be making multiple trips to the post office. I think we have something like 70, 80 packages to pack along oh, with, wow. along with all the t-shirts that, that we, um, 
we sold this week, including this one, a few of which are still left. So oh, uh, get them while you can. Store.postwrestling.com are live in New York t-shirts designed by Robert Pearson. Um, we don't have many left, like a handful, if, if that. Limited edition, legit yeah. limited edition shirts. Because mm-hmm. once we're out, we're out. There's yep. no more to come. Yeah. So uh, I just wanted to take a minute before we uh, we, we sign off. I, I wanted to thank all the listeners that we got to meet WrestleMania weekend and that came to our live show on uh, Sat. Sunday. Sunday. Sunday, yeah. These Sunday. days are a blur. That show's going to be out on Friday if you're a member of the cafe, so yep. you'll get a chance to listen to that, but it was so much fun. So if you're listening to this right now in the free feed, that means it's already out on the cafe feed right now, and uh, not just uh, audio, but but video as well. It was uh, it was cool, man. It was really cool. Like When John and I first like set to set out to do this, I think we, we were just doing it as an experiment, not really knowing how many people would show up. Honestly, if like 30 people showed up, we would have been very happy. Um, but it was like way more than that. Uh, we, we filled the place. So it, it kind of tells us that, Hey, like maybe there's more demand to do stuff like this in the future. And, you know, um, I, I think pe- what, what I kind of sense was just like, people just wanted to like see us and to interact and to meet us, you know, after hearing, listening to us, like maybe in another part of the world for such a long time. Um, so it was like the orange Cassidy effect. Like what the hell is this show going to be like? Yeah, that's it. We did not have any gimmick matches though. It was, it was like awesome questions. Yeah. We, we, we met like, we didn't know what we were going to do out there. And we also didn't throw to, uh, Photoshop pictures, um, of, uh, old ladies <laughs> <laughs> like DX either. We no. had no prepared bits. That's, that's for sure. Maybe we should. And we should prepare some bits. I don't. I don't think we need to. Super soakers. I, I liked. I, I really liked the format of our show. I think it was yeah. very, very simple. Feedback though. I, I'd love to hear feedback. I yeah, mean, and not were... and not the the audio feedback that we got in the speaker. So apologies for that. Um, but actual, like you know, what did you think of the show? If you listen, no, to I, it? I would say the show went like ninety uh, percent like excellent. I think. Yeah, and I thought so too. I think anytime you you come away with that and you have notes to prepare for the future and. I think we are we are dedicated to doing more shows. No announcement. Uh, let's no. Let's we'll, we'll work let, on it. We we need to uh, confirm something first. <laughs> I don't know if we're supposed to say that. Oh, are we? Oh are we God. not supposed to say this? Jeez. Oh, <laughs> Poster festival. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, thank you guys for tuning into the cafe hangout. Uh, it's it's fun to get back into doing live stuff. So, yes, uh, yeah. it's been a blast. Uh, we have some guests lined up over the next couple of weeks, so look forward to that. And yes, thank you for tuning in again Friday. Uh, if you're a patron, you will get the Live in New York show Saturday night or Sunday morning, I should say. I'll be back with a UFC 236 post show. And then we start it all over again on Monday with the Superstar Shakeup. Way will be back Monday night for Rewind to Raw. So thank you to everyone for listening. You can go over to postwrestling.com. And a big thank you to Benno for joining us. Check out all his great work. The British Wrestling Experience, a new show will be out next Wednesday with uh, Martin Bushby. And as well, the Grapple Spotlight podcast that drops Mondays. G-R-A-P-P-L. Yes. G-R-A-P-P-L.podbean.com. Hey, big news. Apparently, I'm the first person on Grapple to reach over 1,000 followers. 1,000 followers? I'm a big deal on Grapple, everybody. It puts way more pressure on my ratings. God damn. Wow. So 
I, I like that I've avoided being the match raider. You are bestowed with that honor way. So oh, when, when wrestlers start getting upset, it's going to be at you and oh, not me. Oh, no. Come on. Do not do not take my, my, my ratings as gospel. I think that's the point of grapple. Everybody has a voice. Everybody's got a... Got, got, but you've got the loudest one. I do have the loudest one. So <laughs> I'm a big deal, okay? Impress me, everybody. Alrighty. That is it. Thanks for tuning in, and we will speak with you later this week.